So here you are, we're back with the Looking Glass Forum, and we're here doing a little syllabus update, a little news current events episode. We want to talk about some important things that are hitting the headlines. Thanks for coming back with the Looking Glass Forum. Welcome back with Looking Glass Forum, and we're here to just take another interesting look at the topics of the day. The current events are <clears throat> rather fascinating at this point. I think we can all uh, are forced on some level to agree that the Biden administration in its first couple weeks here is looking like a total disaster. The guy is a train wreck. He acts like a complete in total moron, he signed a bunch of executive orders that don't seem to have any kind of really, um, any kind of gravitas or force of law or any actually real meaning at all. He seems like he's disoriented. He seems like he ought to be in the geriatric ward. So I think we're looking at the installment very shortly here of um, a, what's the, what's her name? I can't remember her name. The, the lady who cackles, the vice president, will soon be the president, is what I'm trying to say. So we have to look at this uh, this woman and look at her record and all be horrified with sheer terror that we might be looking at the apocalypse. I mean, virtually, there's no other way to get around it. There's no other way to really put it in any kind of you know nicer terms or to sugarcoat it any other kind of way. We're out here like shopping for farmland. Um, the, this, whatever's left over from what Bill Gates didn't get and we're trying to look at becoming like pilgrims like little house on the prairie and that's the future outlook here as our Chinese master overlords are getting into position here I'm looking at the headlines and it looks as though the Taiwan airspace is being penetrated by bombers and by fighter planes from from China and this is happening these bold moves of brinkmanship are taking place simply because they have bought and paid for with billions of dollars the Biden administration, the Hunter Biden uh, disaster, the perverted crackheaded stripper knocking up like the Beverly Hillbillies have finally moved into the White House these serious uh, low level low brow redneck class thugs and criminals have bought their way and cheated their way with the help of the Obama radicals, the Obamaites, who are looking to take power once again. And we should all be terrified by the reinstallment of James Coney and uh, Andrew McCabe and all the, um, the slinking, lurking, criminal element of the deep state, which has been terrorizing Washington, D.C., with its corruption for decades and has returned under the guise of a Biden, a limp-wristed Biden administration. And so all we can really do at this point is to fight to the uh, the bitter end to see that um, our values and our American Constitution and our liberties and our amendments, our second, first, second, and third amendments, so you can imagine that it won't be long before they start to click along and lockstep and begin to move towards taking away people's guns. And for one reason or another, and you can imagine the Clintons lurking in the background, ready to, over there in the shadowy area, um, beyond our vision where they can set up some kind of 
you know, false flag gun operation to begin to you know, shoot at some elementary schools or whatever it takes. Really, whatever it takes to get it done to to liquidate the American people and their rights to into the dust. And I think that that's really the name of the game here. I think that the, the target here is the the white classes of Americans who have who come here from Europe looking for a better life, looking to establish Baptist self-government. And that's what you see in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You can see that there were Bible-believing white men from all over Europe who were coming here with their Calvinist type of beliefs, their Lutheran ideals, their Protestant, Baptist, uh, Bible-believing ethos and their principles, and they set up a, a, a republic with democratic institutions that allow for the people to rule themselves. And of course, as Mark Levin likes to go on and on about, this is only possible with the people who have virtue and who have the right level of character and moral integrity in order to vote for what's in the interests of their the, the better the betterment of their entire nation and not just themselves. And we have really a mafioso-style criminal class of politician in Washington, D.C., whose corruption is becoming so effete and so uh, and so historic as to be uh, written forever and memorialized forever in the stone of history that they were corrupt beyond description. So as we move forward here, we want to point out that we have another episode of Looking Glass Forum coming up here. Um, we're going to do part two of the episode Pontifex Maximus and go into the, some historic detail and the legacy of the, the occult background, the, the occult throne that exists behind the, uh, the ancient pagan titles that are operating in the Vatican today. And so we'll go into that very interesting episode at that point. And today we really need to look at the, the kind of an update on the news. And we're going to do this quick little synopsis of what's happening. We're facing really dire times. And uh, we're looking at a very dis disastrous situation. We can see that the, uh, Biden is just a puppet of the China, the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. And they have successfully extricated the, the Trump um, presidency, the Trump administration out of there, and now they have full reign. And you can see that um, looks like Biden has some Chinese handlers that are walking around with him everywhere he goes and that they bought and paid for this guy. They probably have the real tapes. They probably really own this guy entirely. We can't expect anything to come out of the Trump, uh, the Biden administration that's going to be anything but just pro-Chinese propaganda from this point on. We really have to wonder about the uh, the American public who ha you know really gets the government that it deserves these these clowns these idiotic university going radical maniacs who have really empowered this leftist move behind the Biden administration and empowered this move towards approach communist and pro Chinese. Um, government that we're looking at that's being set up here. And you can see right away that the executive orders that Biden is signing into place are complete, complete, total insanity, total anti-American bullshit. And you can see that he shut down the XL pipeline, the gas pipeline that we were building that would allow us to have more energy independence. And you can see that they're, now this is just going to enrich the Chinese as more of this oil production goes over to China and they make the, uh, the profits. And we can't say that they're not polluting because they're polluting tens of thousands of times more than America's rather clean uh, industrial and um, economic 
infrastructure. Our infrastructure is far more clean. I think that's obvious on every level. And I just want to point out that this is a complete victory and a complete overturning of our national sovereignty as an entire nation. We, the people in America, our voices were squelched and silenced by a rogue coup d'etat of the American independence and freedom. And you can see that they used their technocracy and their powers to overturn the election, add millions of votes illegally, and to have a fraudulent victory for this clown, Biden, and the country is going to suffer. And the people that voted for him are going to suffer the most, really. They're the ones who are piled up in the cities and who are going to be, you know, starving, losing jobs. And you can imagine that the teaching situation, the public school situation is going to crash entirely in this toxic mix of transgender politics. And uh, people running for the hills are not going to put their kids in these toxic school environments where they're just going to be polluted with with the, the culture is toxic, the gang culture, the gun culture, the drug culture, the teenage hip-hop, sex culture. It's all just completely perverted and it's, it's poisoning the kids. And you can see that the whole point of this is to wreck American culture and to ruin our society. And since we couldn't stand up for what was right and do the right thing, then we're going to be punished with this these wicked rulers. It's safe to say that Joe Biden represents the greatest threat to American national security and freedom and the liberty and everything that he obnoxiously swore his oath to. He's a traitor. He's obviously a complete sellout. I don't know if any of these, um, the charges, the, the, the indictments that John Durham is supposed to be bringing out will ever come to, to fruition. I mean, it looks like that the deep state is totally taking full control over our country, and we, now we can expect that the the deep the deep state in Washington D.C. that controls the bureaucracy, that the technocracy in Silicon Valley that watches every move you make and every transaction you have, every email and every move of your phone, everywhere you go, and you can expect the Hollywood that influences your children and 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 tells you what celebrity you know makes you starstruck with their celebrities, the influence of Hollywood stardom and magic over your mind. And all the influence of the NBA and, and and the NFL and the whole apparatus of American pop culture itself is really united against you. While on the outside of your your house, you have Antifa and BLM marching around, burning up cities and smashing businesses. And with the, with the cops being defunded, no one has any ability to hold this anarchy in check. So Joe Biden represents a complete and total indolent fool who cannot possibly help us or support American liberty. He, he raised our taxes already. He's already cutting millions of jobs with his policies. The guy's a total, complete disaster. And all these idiot Americans, all these complete bootlicking, sycophant worshippers of American pop culture have voted for this, for this man. And in the background, you had the Dominion voting machines who were run by these complete and total criminals who allowed the election to be stolen. And so our, our democracy is, is debased and subverted in such a horrific way that we, um, we as the American people, have got to get our, 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 our act together or else we're going to lose our country forever. So in order to talk a little bit about this, I have this interesting comments here by 
Jap, Jack uh, Pasovic, and he's on the Buck Sexton show. So let's listen to their conversation. Down in D.C. to talk about what's going on there. And, and also, like me, he's a former intelligence community guy. So much to dig into now with this proposed domestic terrorism law and all the rhetoric we're hearing from this Biden team. Jack Posobiec is with us now. He's a correspondent for One American News, a former naval intelligence officer. Jack, great to have you back. Hey, Buck, thanks for having me on, calling in live from the Green Zone here in Washington, D.C. Tell me about it. What's it look like? I mean, everything seemed okay yesterday, although it looked like they were preparing for an invasion from, you know, China or North Korea or something. Look, I got to tell you, there are enough troops trucks and general military equipment in this town right now to repel an invasion from a near-peer state power. I've never seen anything like this. I've been living in D.C. almost 10 years uh, in any response to anything that's happened. And we have had attacks here. We've had uh, protests. We've had riots all last summer. We had police attacks, assaulted, etc. Places burned down. We had mobs run, literally running through the streets of D.C. and Georgetown going up to people. You never saw this up. The White House was attacked at one point over the summer. They didn't even put a Humvee in front of it. Wow. And what's what's the reason for this continued heavy presence after the inauguration? You know, I've been in briefings both on the record and off the record with PAOs from the National Guard and other servicemen that I know. They keep telling me that there are no credible active threats to Washington at this time. Is there chatter on social media? You bet. It's social media. That's what you'll find there every single day of the week. But you're not finding anything that rises to the level of a specific uh, delineated threat to the Capitol, to the inauguration, to Joe Biden, to Washington, uh, or to the Capitol building itself. It's just not there. Most of the time you see people, they're walking around. In some cases there aren't. In some cases, yesterday we saw Really what we saw yesterday that was significant, I think, was foot patrols, massive amounts of foot patrols surrounding D.C., throughout the capital region, throughout the National Mall, um, 40 soldiers, 50 soldiers at a time, just marching around unarmed, uh, yet really conducting those presence operations, but kind of giving everyone, I guess, you know, some sense of that it is on lockdown. But as far as providing actual prevention to an attack i'm not sure if there was anything that was going on speaking of jack Posobiec, he's correspondent for one american news network and a former naval intelligence officer jack uh you've had 135 civil rights organizations according to fox news signing an open letter to congress yesterday urging them not to expand terrorism related uh, authorities and the letter was signed on behalf of a leadership conference on civil and human rights uh, and they say that there should not, essentially, there's already plenty of laws in the books about terrorism. Why would we be expanding it? What's the purpose of it? I think we should all see this as, as troubling because even in Joe Biden's speech, he is targeting, uh, he's targeting individuals and groups on the right with a very broad brush. And we're hearing that they're going to mobilize state, local, federal, you name it, even DOD resources against this insurgency threat as John Brennan, the ex-CIA director, calls it. That, that to me, that all sounds really kind of menacing. Look, I, I spent time in the ICB. You spent time in the IC. We know the types of tools that were used to wage the global war on terror 
We know the reach and the power of the NSA, our SIGINT capabilities, our combat capabilities, everything that can be done through that. You know, we call it the magic box at Fort Meade with everything that they can look into around the world. Those tools were not designed to be used on the domestic American populace. They were not designed to be used for American citizens. And what they're attempting to do is to widen the aperture of the authorities and allowances for those tools so that they can be turned ever it seems ever so slightly but you and i know buck that the minute you start widening this net you are going to be catching a lot of people that are not involved in any type of extremism certainly not involved in any type of terrorism or any active threat because and you're noticing this with even the same words when you're talking about the National Guard, and I, I love the troops, there's no question about that, but we're talking about authorities here, for political leaders. When they start saying, well, we're concerned, we have concerns, and that we're going to start using flags. And what my reporting has shown out is that they're going through the National Guard soldiers, and when they're talking about this vetting process, these are the early stages of it. Where when they're vetting someone, that means they're going to your social media, to your Facebook, to your TikTok, to your Twitter, whatever you have up, and they're looking for what they call indicators or flags. Well, what are some of the things that Army CID or FBI and maybe NCIS is starting to get this directive now too? They're looking at, do you like the NRA? Do you have a picture of the Gadsden flag? Don't tread on me. Have you liked Turning Point USA? The Patriot Riders, which go out for uh, military funerals. These are all different types of things that they're looking for as just potential indicators for extremism. MAGA hats, Keep America Great hats. These are all endemic of the political opposition to the current administration. And so you've got a situation now where it's one, really one step removed from almost declaring your opposition to all the extremists. And I think that that's what you're just mentioning that Biden talked about in his speech yesterday. Yes, and they're certainly not going to be particularly discerning if it's something that allows them to chill the political opposition speech to them as well, right? You don't have to you don't have to lock up everybody, Jack, as you and I well know. You only have to pick a few targets here and there with these expanded authorities, and everybody else gets the message. We see that with these social media suppression campaigns, and I think we're going to see that with some of the way they try to apply the law here in any kind of expanded authority sense, which is what they're talking about. But I also want to ask you, as, as a correspondent for One American News, the, the calls for your, including some of your fellow journalists out there, uh, or you know, fellow media people, to stop carriage of One America, to stop carriage of Newsmax, and, and Fox News along with it, by the way. Uh, this, I have not, I mean, I'm not surprised by it, but uh, have you seen this before? It feels like they believe with the new Biden administration, this is within their sights now, to just deplatform not only their political, but also their commercial rivals. Right. Once again, you've got a situation where it's yet another tactic where any dissent, any opinion that doesn't agree with them, not only, you know, I, look, I grew up in the 90s, right? You know, we're around the same age. I remember that we used to always say, if you don't like what you're listening to, turn the channel, right? That was sort of the Howard Stern standard, turn the channel, you have to listen to it. But now we're told that no freedom of speech has to be a positive, right? They call it positive freedom, meaning that you have to take away the speech that you don't like, that you disagree with. 
This, again, is going to lead to a chilling effect in American political discourse, and you're already seeing that now today, where people are taking down pictures on their social media, they're making sure to be very quiet around the workplace, so they don't say anything that makes anyone think that it could trip their sensibilities, and the, oh, you know, taking off Trump bumper stickers. You are getting to a situation where you're essentially, what you are essentially doing is that you're ending any meaningful opposition to the left in America. Speaking of Jack Posobiec, One America News correspondent and former naval intelligence officer. And, and Jack, I just I, I want to know what you think about the fact that we saw violence yesterday in America from leftists, unsurprisingly, attacking cops and buildings, including even the headquarters of the DNC in Portland. There was also a a dust-up in, in Denver. So we, we had a couple of places where there were effectively riots, and the one in Portland really targeted immigrations and customs enforcement offices. But isn't it, isn't it uh, well, I, I want your take, actually. Just tell me, what do, you, what do you think is the message that Americans should take from the fact that you're there in the so-called green zone in D.C. with, uh, with 30,000 troops or so deployed for a quiet and peaceful day in D.C., and it's actually leftists out in Portland who are trying to burn things down and intimidate federal officers. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really amazing that, you know, if Joe Biden and John Brennan and all the rest of these guys want to actually do something about domestic terrorism and insurrectionist groups. Boy, I've got a whole list for you of groups, starting with Portland. Then we go to Seattle. We go to the people that were perpetrating Chaz that have still to this day not been arrested and locked up. Actually, they got one of them in Tallahassee, Florida, because he had traveled up to Chaz. He calls himself a YPG sniper because he went over to Syria and did training. These individuals, and I I made an entire documentary about this. You can go to AntifaMovie.com and watch it. I brought in people from the left. I brought in people from conservatives. I brought in Black Lives Matter people who all said that this group, Antifa, what they do, they are insurrectionists, they are agitators, they are inciters. They want violent overthrow of the U.S. system. They are not Republicans. They are not Democrats. They want to overthrow our system, the entire status quo. So, no, of course, they are not supporters of Joe Biden in the same way that they were not supporters of Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. They represent something far, far outside the political mainstream. And, and this is key, they are taking direct action in the streets to achieve it. Jack, what... What is the benefit that the Democrats and the left-wing media, uh, the Democrat-aligned media, get from ignoring and downplaying Antifa, even when they're attacking, say, the DNC headquarters in Portland? Not I mean, If you flip on CNN right now, very unlikely you'll see the footage that I've seen from people like Andy No, and I know you've got your excellent documentary that people can watch for an in-depth. Very unlikely you'll see the black-clad lunatics of Antifa just yesterday on those channels. Why is that? Well, the reason is twofold. Number one, because they only want to portray one side as being negative, that, of course, being conservative, being Trump supporters, right? But they'll take groups like Proud Boys or Oath Keepers and then use that to paint with a broad brush across anyone who just happened to vote for the guy for office, right? And which is obviously not fair. But at the same time, they want to keep these groups like Antifa around because they know that for 90% of the time, Antifa's targets will be the same political opponents of the left. They will be Donald Trump. They will be Trump supporters. They will be conservatives. And they know that Antifa has no holds barred. 
They will go to your home. They will go to your place of business. They will go after you on social media, right? They will go and do the things that the Democrats can't. And of course, with a wink and a nod, they'll disavow everything, but they'll never take meaningful action against us. You know, we're, we're going through and identifying everybody that was at the Capitol riot, that went in, they're using facial recognition, they're asking for tips. And look, if people broke the law, they broke the law, and we should do that. But why isn't that same standard being applied to these groups that have been doing this night after night in Portland and Seattle and across the country? So there you have a very sobering discussion between Buck Sexton and Jack Posobiec, and we have to really take into consideration what we're looking at here as we're moving forward in America. And at this point, we really can't overestimate the failure of the Trump administration and really having bitten off more than it could chew and setting up the entire Republican right with this saddling them with this term of white supremacists or with these white nationalists or just people who just want to have constitutional foundation of law and order they want their rights protected their bill of rights they don't want the government to infringe upon their ability to live their lives and that's what they're bringing that's what the biden administration represents is a technotronic tyranny of the first order and these uh, these these huge companies, these techno, these tech companies have been in China, um, using chi- operating under Chinese law and using the auspices of Chinese uh, eminent authority to control the message that goes out to the Chinese people. So they're they're very well aware of isolating dissidents and shutting down religious church groups and using the power of the cell phone tyranny to control minds and. Uh, to, to really reach into the inner workings of people's psyche to determine what they really believe and what they're likely to do and what their the presuppositions of their belief systems and their deeply held traditions are going to, where it will lead them ultimately. And that's really what they're all about. They're really just trying to peer into the human soul, make everyone into a state or state robot. Who receives the the state line and the propaganda, the state propaganda, and that's what they're going to cultivate, and they're going to have a culture of absolute obedience, and they're already starting to do this persecution against everything Trump, and they're going to try to find a way to you know, turn people who were standing up for the defense of the republic into terrorists and use the weapons of the state, the apparatus of the state to now hunt you down and look into your background and put you on a list and and it's really just becoming very dark very quickly with this new Biden administration. What a total clown. Before looking at the headlines, it's interesting here because I'm looking at this one headline here that says uh, the Archbishop of San Francisco or some such place said that, that Nancy Pelosi does not speak for the Catholic Church. Which is interesting because she is a long time, a big time Roman Catholic up in the uh, the Vatican there. And she's operating on the Pope's agenda. And if you think about it, on the other side, so is Biden. And so Biden and Nancy Pelosi both represent and do speak for the Catholic Church. And they're the most religious, Catholic-y type people or, or you know, uh, politicians that we have. And it's obvious that on the other side over there, it doesn't look like Trump was too connected with the Pope. In any, any serious way, other than he really wanted to uphold the Merry Christmas motto, the mantra of which I, I guess he thinks is somehow an American mantra, but it's really the mantra of the papacy, and that's really what you, where you get the mass and you get the the Merry Mass of Christ. The whole tradition on December 25th comes from Catholicism, and so you have on both sides and all sides really, both with Trump 
Pelosi and Biden all representing the same geopolitical and religio-political power. But what's more kind of deafening in the headlines that no one's really talking about is China flies warplanes near Taiwan and show of force, prompting U.S. warning. And I'm not really sure if this U.S. warning is going to really hold any weight with Biden in power. I mean, Biden is a bought and paid for puppet, a total clone, a total ass clown of the Chinese communist regime over there. And with Pompeo gone, then you can see that all, all of our protections and all of the barriers are down. And I don't trust the... Um, the military apparatus in the hands of a Biden administration to be able to protect us. So let's read this article here. Wall Street Journal, Chinese warplanes flew more than two dozen sorties near Taiwan over the weekend. So this sudden show of aggression and force, it's, it's incredible. As we go on here, as Beijing staged its largest show of aerial force toward the island d democracy in four months, just days before the President Biden took over the White House, flown over two days off southwestern Taiwan, the flights appeared to deliver a warning to the Biden administration of stakes involved in supporting the self-ruled island that Beijing claims as its territory and has a vow to assimilate. Hours after the U.S. issued a statement Saturday evening in the Washington in Washington, calling on China to cease int intimidations, Taipei reported that Beijing sent more flights on Sunday. And there's reports of like large bombing, bomber uh, aircraft. I don't, I don't want to call them B-52, but just larger B-52 ripoff bombers. <clears throat> As we go through the headlines, we're going to see more about how they're starting to use unmanned drones and starting to use weaponized drone activity. And they're working really hard to make sure that they can beat us in the military field and in all in all really all arenas. And as we look towards the the arena of space, we can see that it, the same thing is happening. The China is advancing very fast. The Biden administration represents a total trip and a collapse of our of our American pursuit of hegemony in space. We can expect that our plans will be sold out, all of our new technology will be ripped off and sold to the highest bidder by these these frauds and these spies, these Chinese sycophants, these uh, assets and agents of, of the Chinese regime that are occupying the, the White House right now have are, are a total collapse of our security and our military defense against the communist regime in China. We can't overstate enough how desperately dangerous our situation has become with this new Biden clown, this new administration is a, such an embarrassment and such a risk to us. And I really want to um, show you and try to um, reiterate again how high the stakes are in this and what we're, what, how dangerous this has become. And so let's take a listen to Geopolitics and World Empire. They have a really fascinating discussion on here. And the episode is called Who Commands Space Controls the World. So let's give it a whirl here and let's find out some more. We're always learning here on the Looking Glass Forum. China would basically be the sweatshop of the world forever, and we in the United States, we'd be okay because we'd have all the white-collar and, and knowledge-based jobs. Well, the Chinese, they didn't agree to that. The Chinese said, we're going to take those blue-collar jobs, we're going to build an industrial base indigenously, and then we're going to go up the, uh, the, the development chain, or the ladder, the development ladder. And now here they are, where they now have uh, uh, a high-tech innovation sector, not just imitation but innovation, and we see this in things like quantum computing, cloud computing, artificial intelligence research, wherein even great American companies like Google 
want to do business with the Chinese rather than with the, the U.S. military uh, uh, the, as they, they, they didn't want to do the Jedi cloud computing program because it would be used for drone warfare and, and surveillance and they were opposed to that. But they were going to happily do a, a deal with China, which of course was going to do the same thing with the technology. Um, and then you see it also notably in their space program. I mean, China in the last decade has, you know, they've had two now temporary military space stations in orbit. Uh, they are now ready to send up in the next year a um, a major modular uh, space station that would be more advanced and comparable, though, uh, to the International Space Station. They call it Tianhe-1. Uh, we've seen the, the advances that China's made with their lunar program. And I think it's important to note, as I do in the book, that the head of China's lunar program a few years ago, Yi Pijian, he told audiences quite publicly that uh, China views uh, uh, the moon as the South China Sea. And uh, they view Mars basically as the East China Sea, and uh, they said. And then he added, "The universe is an ocean." And so we see what China's doing at the maritime level, how they're how they're illegally building these man-made islands in order to lay claim to the vast natural resources uh, underneath the seabed of, for instance, the South China Sea. We see how they're you know doing things in the East China Sea to enrage the Japanese and also to compete for natural resources there, um, you apply that to space. Space is, a, is, is chock full of mineable, uh, notably rare earth minerals. And China has been wanting to dominate the rare earth mineral market for years. They want to dominate high technology. You need the rare earth to do that. And so there's a, a coordinated strategy, a long-term strategy on the part of China uh, to, to, to get there and to beat the Americans. And all of that plays into the space program. And all of that plays into uh, not just the economics of space, but also the strategic and military side of space, where China now can really complicate American military operations by being able to target and harass our satellite constellations in orbit. And so all of that has kind of led into the four year, three, three years ago, the announcement of Space Force and the subsequent announcement of a robust uh, civilian space program to return people to Americans to the uh, moon and beyond that to Mars and also uh, to get massive investments into new private space startups like SpaceX. Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, Bigelow Aerospace, etc. Because we're creating an ecosystem now that will compete and hopefully defeat China's growing high-tech ecosystem. In the beginning of your book, you mentioned, I believe, three uh, schools of space policy, kind of ranging, ranging from pacifist and internationalist to uh, full-spectrum dominance, I guess. You argue for space dominance. You know, why and, and you know, what is your view there? Yeah, so uh, that's. I took a very controversial stance on this. This is not a popular stance. Um, the the default position uh, for most people in the academic side of space policy, uh, they're utopians, I like to call them. They, they, they think space should be treated as a sanctuary, weapons-free, and basically, uh, you know, no real economic development beyond satellite usage, really. Um, then you've got the um, survivability school, uh, which they say that we 
they admit that we're very reliant on space, notably satellites, but they want us to basically uh, diversify and not be as reliant on those systems in space because they think that it's too vulnerable and it's too expensive to really depend on them and it's a strategic vulnerability that our enemies like China and Russia are happily going to exploit. Uh, then there's also the, the, the traditional military mentality has been uh, space control, which is more deterrent-based. It acknowledges that space is militarized, but it argues that maybe space shouldn't and definitely, in their minds, isn't weaponized, and we should avoid that. And so it's it's a bit more of a kind of a split the difference mentality. And this, since the Obama administration has been the uh, preferred uh, tactic of the U.S. military, which is uh, it's deterrent based, it's very reactive, uh, it doesn't exploit, in my opinion, space the way it should be uh, by a country as technologically advanced and vulnerable, by the way, as we are in space. And then my model is the space dominance model which says that uh, we are the most reliant on space technology right now, satellites. Uh, it looks like we're going to become even more reliant on space, uh, even if it's just for the, the sort of uh, rare earth mining side of things, one way or the other, we're going to come to depend heavily on space beyond what we already are. And so as that reality comes in, and until countries like China and Russia and the European, all the other countries, until they become as dependent on space as we are, I say that that's an asymmetrical threat against us, and we should do everything in our power by using a robust uh, you know, commitment of resources to not just defending ourselves in space, but also to really dominating space so that we compel others to uh, basically work with us in developing space rather than against us. And to talk a bit about, I guess, the military aspect, you know, most people can visualize or imagine traditional battle spaces. You know, we have conventional warfare on land that we've known since right. the beginning of time. Then there's, you know, sea warfare with uh, submarines and ships. And then, you know, nuclear war with the horrific atom bombs that we have. Right. And with advancing technology, we're, you know, we're only now becoming aware of information warfare. In fact, I'd argue that most people today still do not understand that they are in the midst of a, you know, serious information war. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this leads us to, you know, to the battlefield in, in space, as you've been kind of discussing and um, for most I think it's hard to visualize you know what does the battle in space between adversaries say US China uh, Russia look like yeah well this is a great question and so first of all I think it's important to understand um, in the 21st century especially the United States military is it's not just a land or a navy or a air force or a cyber power it is all of the above and all of those uh, terrestrial domains, they rely on space, the satellites in orbit, to augment and project power. And so um, our enemies have figured this out. And they've looked at it and said the satellite architecture as it exists right now for the Americans is their Achilles heel. For 10 or $15 million, China or Russia can use technology really from the 1970s, anti-satellite technology, to either launch a missile from the ground or from an airplane up into space, track and destroy American satellites in orbit, or they can use lasers. China's really building out this capability, the laser capability to 
temporarily blind and disable American satellites. And in the time frame that those satellites are blinded, China will then make bold moves in the other terrestrial domains, like say invade Taiwan, when we, we don't have over the horizon capabilities at that point because they've blinded our, our communications, our surveillance, our nuclear command and control strategies, for uh, 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 our nuclear command and control systems. For instance, uh, Russia has similar designs. Russia's also really, uh, and China's starting to do this as well. Russia's been developing uh, co-orbital satellites, what they used to refer to as Stribitel Sputnikov. Uh, and these are technologies that basically, they're very rudimentary. They're small satellites that are fast-moving with grappling arms, something like a 1970s Moonraker, James Bond villain. Uh, and they literally tailgate our bigger uh, unwieldy, sensitive, essential uh, satellites in orbit, and at a moment's notice can clamp on and either rip the insides apart physically or can physically push the, the, our satellites out of their orbit. And it'll take some time for our people on the ground to figure out what exactly is going on. And uh, if they push, the Russians or Chinese were able to push our satellites out of orbit, we would basically have to launch a new one, obviously, because our old ones would be burning up in the atmosphere. We right now, when Trump took over in 2017, January 2017, we had few spares available because they were so expensive to build out. What the Trump administration did, and I hope the Biden administration continues, was they worked on basically making our vital satellites for the military less complex, easier to be married with uh, civilian systems uh, so that they could stay involved in a fight longer, uh, basically attempted to disaggregate or sort of decentralize existing satellite architecture so that you couldn't get that kind of bolt from the blue attack that would totally knock us out. We would have redundancy. And part of having the redundancy would be having cheaper, easier, uh, less complex, easier to launch uh, satellites. And what we were facing when uh, Trump took over was the exact opposite. It was Thomas Taverny, who was a retired Air Force general, I quote him in the book, he called it the vicious circle of space acquisition, where you would uh, the Pentagon would throw all of these capabilities into one satellite that would create a lag time between uh, the, uh, the need for that satellite and its launch. It would, it would make the satellite uh, unwieldy and physically large and heavy, so you'd have to have these expensive special rockets to launch them, so that would mean it was too expensive, so you could only do a few launches at a time. And oh, by the way, most of those, at the time, most of those launches were reliant on Russian-built RD-180 engines, which of course became a strategic cudgel uh, that the Russians happily used on us after we sanctioned them for the Crimea invasion in 2014. Thankfully, we have now worked in SpaceX Falcon 9. That took a fight, though, and I detail that in the book. But the bottom line is the Trump administration focused on the military side, making satellites cheaper to produce, cheaper to launch. And when you save money like that, you're then able to take that money saved and reinvest it theoretically into building out more capabilities in space. And, and you now have a space force, which is doctrinally uh, you know, separate from all the other branches, and they can channel all of their resources into satellite defense, into satellite warfare probably with space warfare, but it's a very real threat, and if we don't master it now, we're going to be hit as we were on Pearl Harbor, uh, and it's not going to be pretty for us. Yeah, and, and another, I guess, uh, hot topic right now, so you mentioned uh, satellites, and there's all this talk of 
uh, cyber pandemics. Um, there were simulations called like cyber polygon, cyber attacks, right. EMPs now, which could cause yep. uh, blackouts and bring down you know our entire digital infrastructure, which is basically what our daily lives uh, revolve right. around. And now we're moving into these like uh, digital currencies and these global power elites like Klaus Schwab want to merge man with machine, you know, with their biopolitics, uh, yes, it is, di yeah. digital passports. And, yeah. And so, you know, I can't imagine what a severe, you know, uh, th this factors into the space uh, battle oh, yeah. as well, right? The EMPs and, and whether yeah. by non-state or state actors. So, you know, how devastating could, could this be? Right. Well, um, it would be hugely devastating. At best, uh, a space war would basically knock us back to a 1970s era of existence, um, especially if the Russians or Chinese or even with the EMPs, the one to really watch out for is North Korea and Iran, the rogue states. Um, and they're both heavily invested. North Korea is very advanced in this technology. In 1994, Soviet, former Soviet defectors, uh, two generals testified to Congress that in fact they were part of the Soviet uh, uh, policy of offloading advanced Soviet EMP capabilities to North North Korea. And the North Koreans have only intensified that program over the last 30, 40 years. Um, and so uh, it, it's a big problem. An EMP strike will send us back to the 19th century. And uh, when I worked on the Hill, the EMP commission was something that I, I remember very well. And uh, I've since I've since had a lot of contact with many of the members uh, that that are still involved with EMP protection. Uh, and uh, basically, we're talking about an EMP strike over the continental United States could knock out 90 percent of the power grid. And you can see anywhere the worst case scenario is over the course of two years with all the power being knocked out, basically upwards of 70 to 80 percent of the population being being wiped out, either directly or more likely through indirect things like not being able to get medications and bad, bad water, not being able to get fuel, you know, sort of the because everything we, we need relies on technology, whether it's getting gas at the pump, there are electric switches that open that gasoline valve that allow your car to receive gas. EMP would knock that out. There's no there's no manual override. The, 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 we become so dependent on the technology, it's insane. We could be seeing things like mass rioting breaking out in the cities. You know, think of this summer, what we saw with the race riots. Imagine that times a thousand. I think a good example would be the 2002 New York blackout, um, only throughout the whole country leave off their fascinating discussion right there and you obviously you'll probably need to go and check out geopolitics uh, let's see an empire podcast and look at some of their latest episodes and you'll find that some of the more rational intellectual discussion about what we're dealing with here around the world and in, in the united states is going to be a little bit dire and we really had this self-inflicted wound where we had this system, the deep state system that was already like intent on doing its great reset. And you can see that the Federal Reserve um, fiat currency system is going to break down because they're printing out $100 bills that aren't even worth half a penny. 
the, the, the actual nominal value is deteriorated so much. The, they've, the, the currency is devaluated to such an extent that it really has no meaningful value anymore. And prices are going to just spiral. That's why you're going to go and try to buy a can of soda in the store, and it's going to cost $4.99. And gas is going to go up to $10 a gallon. And you just you, the, the, the middle class is about to get crushed in a way that's almost indescribable. You need to go to look at some of the other... Economists like um, Peter Schiff. You can see that these world elites, these these people who are being controlled by the private central bank system, is they're really moving America towards this collapse. We're not allowed to have this economic might. We're not allowed to have this American exceptionalism. We're not allowed to have a vibrant, powerful workforce that is leading the, the all the economies of the world. We have to be brought down to a third world status where we can have all this infighting and tear each other apart over the, um, the racial politics of AOC and all these other ignorant, disgusting people, these demagogues who are just basically bringing American um, independence and sovereignty down into ruins. And you can see that they'll spend us into oblivion with a, a multi-50, 90 trillion dollar deficit, whatever they're going to do, they're just going to blow it out so that they can just send you um, $100 bills like it's Monopoly money, and they'll just have this this normal payer system where it becomes a communist socialist regime where you'll get a universal income and you won't really have a job anymore and you'll just get the dole from the state and you'll get your your food stamp card or your cheese allotment or whatever it is your little gas car where you can have your ten dollar ten ten gallons a week from the government and you there's no way for there to be any kind of private business or private enterprise we're just going to be wards of the state and that's the plan of socialism and, it, and i remember when donald trump was like america will never be socialist and i was thinking yeah unless they just beat your ass in the next election and that's pretty much what happened and he can call whatever he wanted but he wasn't paying attention to his election deal and then you had the uh, the q stuff come out and really muddy the water and really kind of killed trump made everyone think that he had a secret intelligence military intelligence operation and it was really just bullshit because Trump was up there being lied to by everybody that was in his office all at the same time. And so he was, you know, he couldn't send out an order that was being obeyed. I mean, nothing nothing that he was doing was having a meaningful effect. So you can expect that his executive orders will come to nothing and that his entire policy will be reversed because it was the... It was the effort. It was, it was the mind of the deep state, of the globalists, the international cabal, the Vatican, whatever you want to call it. The super elite rich of the world did not have any intention of allowing the American people to reelect Donald Trump. And so that's really what you saw. And you can see that exposed now to the, the light of day. And as we go forward, you can see that the, the military... Corruption, the, mili- the, the, the militarization of space, and the corruption of our politicians in Washington D.C. is just another facet of the Communist Chinese Party as they're working to annihilate our independence, and they really want us at each other's throats. So we have to have racial issues now, as far as uh, retribution and paying for, you know, the. For hundreds of years ago, when people were had slavery and just paying um, 
reparations. I'm trying to think of the word here, but you can you can imagine how deeply ingrained the division politics will become now as they come for the white supremacists and anyone who was a Trump supporter, was an insurrectionist. So if you're just an American patriot out there with your flag, all of a sudden they're putting you in a camp now. They're putting you into a, a list of green reds, re, green zone, red zone list where you can expect that you can be investigated. And, you know, it's it's going to really determine what county and what state you live in. I mean, you could be in terribly endangered right now if you're in the wrong state, in the wrong county, and you had you had a Trump sticker in your yard. Man, you're looking, people are looking at you pretty bad. Like, you're seriously endangered right now. Maybe you're fleeing. Maybe you're looking to flee across to a different state or get out of there. So that's kind of what you're dealing with. It looks like a wholesale um Right now, the Biden administration is a blundering bunch of corrupt morons who probably thought that Trump really was going to arrest them. That's why they were terrified to come into the Capitol and they wanted them to all disarmed because they were paranoid because they know they're crooks. So these perverted crackhead Biden people, I wonder how long it'll be before Hunter Biden has crack prostitutes in the White House and the whole thing, you know, and it'll all be covered up and. And you can imagine that even talking this way right now is very surely going to be against the law. It's going to be censored. It's going to be against the right of the people to speak out against their leaders very shortly and say that they're totally corrupt bunch of crackheads and they really need to go to prison. So you, you got to understand that the, the the real force of the uh, the people out there were hoping upon hope that there was a secret military operation to arrest Biden because then we could have all stood up and cheered. But now we can't. So now we have to recognize the dire dilemma that we're in. That we're in the hands of the international left and the international communist movement that's being funded by the military auspices of China, the Chinese Communist Party as they move in now to the, the wall of protection, the security apparatus that um, Trump was building, protecting us against China is now going to collapse. And you can see in the article that we read earlier that they're already like starting to put bombers and fighter planes into the Taiwanese airspace to basically symbolize that they're going to take them over, you know, and, and Biden and, and there's no, no military, there's no generals with any balls are going to be able, they couldn't stand up to the, the false fraudulent election and they couldn't support Donald Trump. So they're definitely going to, you know, bend over these military brass, these Pentagon, you know, sycophants there that are just worshipers of, of, uh, of the politics, I guess. I really don't know what their purpose is, but their purpose is not to protect the Amer United States of America or the people. Their, their, their plan is now, their, their uh, prerogative now is going to be to follow along with the deals that the Biden administration makes with the Chinese Communist Party. And they, now the military can be turned against the American people. They can come and round up people like me at home, right, who are just trying to inform you about how you know subtle but all, how invasive this subterfuge is to take us out. And um, I think that you can imagine that if you're not really willing to go along with the technocracy here led by the Chinese Communist Party, you're not really just ready to become another vassal state in the, uh, the United Nations plan. If you're not really willing to go along with the United States being subsumed into a North American Union, then you're going to get sent to a re-education camp to get reprogrammed. I mean, in all the power that the Trump administration couldn't muster, the truth is, is that the Biden administration will find a fascist military power, a martial law power behind him that's ready to go ahead and advance his program of 
socialism and pro-communism autocracy uh, and, and run it roughshod over the heads of the American people. And you can imagine that they'll march these National Guard out in the most sickest way. I mean, John Brennan and James Comey, the whole sick, corrupt gang is back. And if you think that they won't use the American military against the American people, then you have lost your mind. You have another thing coming. Better wake up out there. In order to make matters even more grim and, and to make it more dire, but on this on this program, we need to speak the truth and we need to really push past a lot of the propaganda and a lot of the disinformation and the different plat- platforms of control, information control that are out there, disinformation. And we have, like we were talking about before, there's obviously a lot of programs out there meant to inform the American people people in an incorrect way and really get you on a on a tangent in order to lead you away from productive use of your time so that um, a lot of these intelligence services are funding what's called limited hangouts where they just continuously put out a program or they put out a feed of information that seems really accurate and really compelling and like it's leading somewhere but it's really just a primrose path as they um, misguide the listeners on in, in a in a diabolical kind of way but let's get back to what's happening in China. As they sense their power is shifting and that the, the, the blockage of the Trump administration is out of the way and they have this bond paid for puppet of the Joe Biden administration, the crackhead family of, of, of uh, basically Chinese Beijing spies, I guess is what you call them. They're basically assets of the, the military complex there in Beijing, the uh, the Chinese Communist Party, is really just becoming a massively overt aggressor. And we, before we were reporting that the Uyghur population was being um, systematically controlled and enslaved and used for slave labor, and and it was even it's even coming out in these these news briefings that their body parts many times are being sold. Well, you know, while they're still living, they're just being killed. Their body parts are being sold onto the international market for their for their to, to their, for replacement kidneys or what have you, maybe hearts. So these people are being just totally decimated, and their entire culture, their heritage, their Muslim faith, and their religious beliefs are, are being just some summarily removed in these prison camps where they're living and they're being worked to death. So you can imagine that this is a wholesale holocaust. And it looks like, as we're learning here in the news, that these reports have become worse and they've stepped up their aggression. Now we can see that there's that it looks like there's a Chinese are committing genocide in Jing, the uh, Xinjiang district. This report here by Gary Bauer and James Carr and um, on the American Thought Leaders program, we'll just play a little bit, little bit of it. But it looks like the the violations, the human rights violations of China, are becoming markedly worse. So that they're getting, you know, they realize now that there's going to be no more restrictions on their behavior. So there's no more reason for them to pretend or to play up to the humanitarian rights groups or the United Nations. They just are going to just go wholesale human barbaric slaughter of the Uyghurs. So let's listen to some update on that. Really horrible and tragic news, which is really just another consequence of the Biden administration coming in, this fraudulent and ridiculous and horrifying outcome of the 2020 presidential election. What the Chinese communists are doing is is trying to eliminate the whole people. The U.S. government, in the last full day of the Trump presidency, determined that the People's Republic of China, under control of the Chinese Communist Party, 
is committing genocide against the Uyghur people. And for forced abortions to be done on the basis uh, of trying to eliminate a particular uh, ethnic group or racial group is, is so beyond the pale. The Chinese regime is persecuting religious believers in Xinjiang and other parts of China, from Tibetan Buddhists to Falun Gong practitioners to Christians. So churches are being told to take down uh, artistic renderings of Jesus, for example, and to replace them with, with photos of President Xi. And the Chinese Communist Party is seeking to expand its repressive model abroad. They're in danger of being able to create an authoritarian block around the world. In this episode, we sit down with Commissioners Gary Bauer and James Carr on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, USERF. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kjellik. Commissioner Gary Bauer, so great to have you back on American Thought Leaders. Always great to be with you. Commissioner Bauer, this it's been almost two years since we spoke last. Um, we're kind of at a historic moment, at least to my eye right now. The U.S. government, the State Department, has designated the treatment of Uyghurs in China as a genocide. Uh, I frankly didn't expect the U.S. government to ever designate any activity by the Chinese Communist Party that way. Um, and it's a very welcome moment from my perspective, but I would love it if you could tell us what is the real significance of this? Well, let me just say first, from the standpoint of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Liberty, uh, that news from Secretary Pompeo was greeted with great glee. Uh, we've been working with the State Department and the White House for some time now to try to get that designation. And I think it's very significant. Of course, Secretary Pompeo uh, didn't do this by himself. Uh, he made the announcement, but he wouldn't have done this without consultation with uh, uh, now former President uh, Donald Trump. And, and to their credit, uh, the, the Trump by the Trump-Pence-Pompeo uh, administration uh, made religious liberty and specifically made uh, pressure in China to open up on religious liberty and, and to stop violating human rights uh, a big part of the relationship between our two countries the last four years. So this really was a, a breakthrough. We were very excited that it happened. And it sends a message, I think, uh, around the world to international organizations about uh, how serious what's going on in China is with the Uyghurs, and, and not only with the Uyghurs, but with every other religious group. Uh, in communist China. Uh, I hope it also sends a signal, if I may say so, to um, those here in the United States that continue to deceive themselves, uh, who continue to believe that uh, you can do business with China and it can be to your benefit, uh, that doing business with China may end up changing China when I think as we've seen time and time again, doing business with China uh, changes us. And, and I'm talking here not only about American business, which is the obvious thing, corporations that want to fatten their bottom lines by uh, you know, setting up factories in China, not looking too closely about whether the employees in those factories are actually real employees or whether 
there are people that we would call in this country slave labor. Uh, but I, I would also point to American universities, you know, they continue to form partnerships with communist China. And I think what they end up doing is ultimately losing any credibility those universities have uh, as being places that respect human rights and human dignity. So what Secretary Pompeo did in these closing days of this administration that just ended was incredibly important. And uh, I think they'll go down in history for for being that one of the things they did in the last few days they had an office. So this is, you know, super interesting, a little bit more into the weeds here. Of course, the Genocide Convention uh, came about as a result of the Holocaust, with the idea, you know, never again, this should never happen again. Unfortunately, we've seen genocides by that definition, multiple times since 1948 in all, a number, all sorts of contexts. So what is it that makes, uh, why is the genocide, say, versus the crimes against humanity, which I guess is the next level underneath that designation, so significant? Well, essentially the genocide designation means that the facts to our government indicates that what the Chinese communists are doing is, is trying to eliminate a whole people. In this case, uh, Chinese Uyghur Muslims uh, to, to literally uh, wipe them off the face of the earth. Now, the Chinese are being a little bit more nuanced about it uh, than the first example that we had in the, in the horrible event of the Holocaust, which led to a world war and even millions more people being destroyed. But I, I don't think there can be any doubt by any reasonable observer that what the Chinese communists are doing is uh, so restricting the Uyghur people and, and intentionally setting out to uh, take their birth rate down to zero using all sorts of tactics that I, I think in a good bit of America, we still have a hard time believing that, you know, in, in 2021, a country would still be capable of. But what the Secretary of State and the President have done here is say, yes, that is exactly what they're doing. It makes it very hard for uh, any decent person, any uh, real organization in the world that wants respect, any country uh, in the world that claims to stand for human dignity, it makes it very hard for them to look the other way and to go into, dot, into denial about what's happening once a country like the United States has made this sort of designation. So it's, a, it's really a very important moment in, in exposing communist China, I believe. Once again, we have to just return to the facts. We have to present to you the unmitigated truth and point out to you that this is a situation that cannot stand and that the, the abuses that are happening by the Chinese Communist Party to people that they consider to be worthless, to be, to be less than human, to be subhuman, they're really just destroying this entire population. And, you know, people over in, in my neighborhood or in my family or in my home are not necessarily Muslims, but we have to stand up for the defense of these particular people and their belief and their, and their right to have their own independence and their own freedom and to have their own lives.
because if we don't, then you can see that these policies that are coming in in, in a global way, not just in China, but these are becoming global globalist international policies that are starting to subjugate the world, just like how you have to go wear a mask in the store, even though it's completely absurd, it's completely insane and it's ridiculous and it's idiotic and you feel like an idiotic you're walking around smelling your own breath you're burping in your own face and it's stupid but you're such a completely terrified and powerless individual that you're going to go along with the global machinations of the state when they tell you what to do you obviously are going to do it when they tell you to stamp your forehead with a number you're going to stamp it because you're wearing your mask you do what you're told Okay, you have to understand that, that that's what's happening. These are global policies at United Nations. Uh, at the United Nations level, China is one of the big players, and they're introducing these policies, and they're being accepted by the global elite. They're being accepted, and and they're they're bought and paid for. Politician of Joe Biden is just an example of the direction they're going to go in, and they're going to they can they can buy and pay for Twitter ten times over, and all, all these big tech companies and these Hollywood prostitutes and all these different individuals around the world that are trying to catch the football and NFL. I mean, are we children? Are we really infantilized so much in this country that we play sport games? Guys, you're playing sports. You have games and you play it. You should play ball. You, you, you throw the ball. That's what you do. That's what the men in this country do. It's pathetic. You, you should be ashamed of yourself that you're letting your country just fall to pieces. And you have these, these idiots running around with BLM socks on and, and you guys are just taking it in stride and you're allowing the engineered reconstruction of your entire country to turn you into a communist nation. And now you can look over with, you know, disdain over at people that won't wear the mask and you can you can start to look at you know and target the, the those that the, the state and the international leader are you know targeting for you to, to target targeting for you to to look at and to, to hate people who are going to fight for their independence and they've already put a huge target on the backs of the the, the trump red the red hat MAGA people. I mean it's it, you can kind of see it coming you know it's almost like you went to a, a you know a monster truck rally and you bought the shirt, or you went to the WWF wrestling Hulkamania, and you bought the shirt, and, and, and Hulkster was up there and ripped his shirt, and and you come home, and, and, and ultimately, that's how these politics feel. It feels like that they're just controlling both sides of the issue. It seems like that you have powerful Knights of Malta, powerful princes of the church, and bishops and arch, archbishops there that are controlling their archdiocese. You have powerful people that are prelates from the Vatican on both sides, the Republican and the Democrat side. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, they're moving their agenda forward, which is to you know submit the people of the United States to the supremacy of Holy Mother Church. Isn't that the plan? Isn't that always the plan when it comes back to the Vatican and the Curia? They're ultimately using their religious, their pretended religious power to subvert and conquer the entire people. And ultimately, the the warriors, the mighty men of the Marines, are directed by Joe Biden. The mighty men of the Army and the 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 Tenth Mountain Division and and the fighters and the warriors of America that are so great are ultimately, you know, getting a Santa Claus tree for Christmas and you know getting their kids a stocking with with a candy cane in it because they believe in Santa because you're you're all a bunch of infantilized freaking nerds at this point who are Pope worshippers and you've forgotten that the uh, the actual independence and the declaration of that independence was against the British and against the power structure of the Vatican that controlled the kings of Europe and you forgot that we were free men that we no longer were governed by princes or barons where Baron Rathchild looks like he got off back there in the 16th 
interesting outcome there, um, how that works. But let's just remember that here in the Looking Glass Forum, we are punching with the truth, and we're hitting hard against the denials and the lies, and we're keeping our own understanding, our own knowledge, and that the truth is really ultimately the stability that you need to see through all this kind of like these dark times and these confusing psychological operations, these psyops, and these all these different information and disinformation campaigns. And just like we heard on the show today, the this is information war that we're in. And in order to find out what's really going on and who's really winning and what the sides really are, you need to go deep behind the uh, the headlines and to see what's really what the real the real game is. And these wars haven't changed, even though it's turned the 1700s and the 1800s and the 1900s, and now we're in 2000. The 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 game has not changed, and the founding fathers had set the parameters of this battlefield and set the actual and named the game that we're in. And the game is independence from the global state and from the autocrats and from the kings and the princes and the powers of Europe and the banking elite and the Vatican that sits behind it all. And we were set up here as Bible-believing Baptist Protestant churches, heretic churches. That's what they considered us to be if you go back to the Council of Trent. If you're a Baptist, if you hold your Bible, if you if you don't need the, the, the Pope of Rome anymore, it's not in your religious program anymore, you kind of cut them out because you don't need to pay them or to go into the get their absolution anymore. You read the Bible and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ directly, and all of a sudden the Vatican has no more power in your life, then now you're a heretic. Understand? America is a heretic country, and you can't be like, well, we go to Mass, we go to the, we go to down to the uh, the Catholic Church now. You're you're really you're not Catholic enough. You have to understand these are ultramontane bloodlines and knighthoods and princes that go back decades and, and centuries and centuries, and they never they never went and were you know seditionists against the crown, right? That's what in 1776. That's what we became. We became seditious against the crown of England, and ultimately we were in rebellion against the authority of the Pope, and that, that's what George Washington led. He led a, a move, a revolution against that that. That, that crown and gave us our freedom and our independence here in this republic of free men of self-government and independence and freedom and liberty for all. You see, that, that those are ideas that we, we created. And ultimately, the battle of China, the war of the Vatican, the war of the European Union, the battle is against the free people and the free men of the United States of America. And ultimately, you have to recognize that triangulation has taken place between the United Nations between pop culture, between between the big corporations, big tech companies, they're all looking to ground out and to silence all opposition. So with that, we're going to end this episode. So we'll call that a syllabus journal entry, and we will be working hard over here at the Looking Glass Forum to keep you up to date on what's going on in the world, and it looks like the presence of a new Biden administration has caused a dangerous situation on the battlefield for America, and it looks like that the hostilities with Taiwan are heating up. We no longer have a reliable defense in the White House against the aggression of the communist Chinese Communist Party, so the CCP is going to have even more dominance in space, in missile warfare, in cyber, the cyber arena. And so these threats are very real. The consequences for, for Trump not standing up for his, his win and not defending the presidency and not coming to the defense 
of the American people by kind of rooting out this fraudulent nature of this Dominion voting systems and all the, the scamming that went along all these districts all throughout the United States. The entire country has been corrupted. So we're looking at a terrible outcome for the people. And ultimately, the, all these useful idiots that are being used and there are big, the Biden supporters that are really just empowering the Chinese Communist Party for socialist reasons because they think that, that they'll get some money from the government or pay for their student loans or these Antifa nutcases. I mean, this is the end of America, guys. This is the end of an era. This is an end of the Constitution. This is a post-constitutional time when really law has no meaning. You're going to get arrested because you're the little guy, but the, real, the people that can bribe the political officials, the people that can that can say the right things, the mouth the right words, the toe the political line, they're not going to get arrested. Antifa and BLM, they're not getting arrested, but they're hunting down. They want to know even if you went to the Capitol, even if you didn't go and storm into the Capitol building, but if you were even at that protest that day, they want to know. But the people that are burning down buildings tonight in California, this very night, they will get released. So this, the system of justice in this country is totally corrupted and perverted. It's time for you to stand up and for you to unite and to work with somebody. You have to be, believe somebody. You have to work with some group. You have to be able to stand by your neighbors and your community and, and to be able to build back. Is that Joe Biden's term? Take back. We need to take back our country, guys. So until next time. Thank you.